my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Everyone and welcome to another episode of the HR Sound Off Podcast Show. My name is Julie Turney and I am your host. How are you doing today, beautiful people? It is another Sunday and we are here having amazing conversations, magnifying HR voices. You know that HR Sound Off is produced by an HR professional for HR professionals. And joining me today in the sound booth is Colin Mincy. Colin, how are you doing? I'm great. It's good to see you. It's good to see you too. So let's start off by telling the audience a little bit about who is Colin Mincy. What is your HR story? How did you get here? So I am uh, born and raised in New York and um, I grew up on Long Island. I went to college um, in Rhode Island. I wanted to be a banker. I can't explain why, but Interesting. I wanted to be a banker since a young person and followed those pursuits. I was fortunate enough to um, be an inroad scholar, which is an organization that places um, talented um, young people from marginalized backgrounds in corporate internships and went through a banking program at JP Morgan and then woke up one day and said, oh, I really don't like this banking thing. And I was fortunate enough to have someone at Chase um, who worked in HR who saw something in me that I didn't see in myself, which Mm -hmm. was a love and ability to connect with people. And she said, until we find you somewhere else to work in banking, why don't you, um, you know, um, why don't you continue your your, your work here in HR, and, and I have not looked back since. So wow. I stayed in financial services for a while um, in finance, financial <laughs> technology. Then I, um, 2016, um, 2015, I, you know, shifted my focus to, to mission-driven work. So mm-hmm. um, it's the only thing I feel like I know how to do well. And it is work that I am honored to do, I think, is really important. And um, if you do it correctly, you get to see the tangible impacts of your contributions. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I feel like I hear so many of um, the people that I've interviewed in the last couple of months who have said similar, that they wanted to be in finance, but then they diverted to something else um, and then moved into HR or they diverted from finance into HR. And I find that so fascinating because you're moving from being numbers driven to being people driven. And you know what? I am still really numbers driven. And, you know, one of, one of the, one of the things about working in finance and being an HR professional, what it taught me is that, if you really want to be 
a transformative <laughs> HR leader, you have to understand the business. And, yes. you know, it's, it's obviously, um, please tell the world out there, we, we only want HR people who care about the people, right? Yes. Um, all others, please apply for something else. Mm-hmm. But it's also, it's also <laughs> to be able to understand the core business. And I, I think having some kind of finance acumen or foundation is really helpful in that regard. Yes, definitely. I find that those of us who do really well either started in another part of the business and then moved into people operations um, versus those of us who just were core people ops without having a full understanding of the business and how it works. You really are setting yourself up to fail. Mm. It really does require that you do explore all facets of the business in order to be able to help everyone. That's right. Build good talent, create great experiences. Without that, I think you're set to fail. You agree? I agree. And I think, you know, I was raised at a time where, you know, you had to learn all of all disciplines with HR. Mm-hmm. And I say that with great respect to those who are specialists. I think, you know, going deeper and being able to do that important. But if a leader comes to me and needs to figure out or reimagine an organizational structure, I can't help that leader unless I really understand well, what are the rules, you know, within the function? How do they relate to each other? And how does that mm-hmm. contribute to, you know, a team a team strategy or or much broader a or divisional or organizational strategy? Mm-hmm. I, I really think that HR should be in the room for those conversations, yes. not um, not in the room to deliver messages about restructurings and other things, but but part mm-hmm. of the conceptualization of, of what the new structure looks like. Yes. Um, and I think we're seeing examples of those kinds of transformations, particularly in mission-driven organizations, not mm-hmm. going. And the yeah. reason is because HR doesn't have a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. That is a very big problem. And I see it a lot with many of the clients that I consult with who are having that challenge of not having their seat at the table and having someone else interpret their voice for them at the table who doesn't have a full grasp on the people agenda. Um, And I know that it can be very disheartening and degrading for you as an HR professional when you are not the one that's having that voice at the table. But it's important for us to, you know, do the work so that we can work towards getting that space. Although I do have a friend who strongly believes that when you don't have a seat at the table, you should take up your chair and just put it there. Yeah, so I happen to be one of those people. And, you know, uh, the the extent in which that's true is that, you know, part of being an effective and balanced HR leader is being willing to go to the mat, right? Yeah. For those things that you think are important. And and so having that that fight um, mm-hmm. and the ability to go a couple of rounds to convince, you know, leadership or staff um, to do something that is obvious needs doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, um, you know, it requires a great deal of strength and resilience. On the flip side, um, you know, we should we should be respecting people's expertise. And 
the same way that expectation is asked of HR in so many spaces, that grace ought to be returned. And I'm and I think that we're seeing a significant amount of of um, HR leaders um, burning out, mm-hmm. you know, experiencing the manifestation of, of physical um, and mental anguish. Yes. And, um, or worse, just giving up, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, um, we, we were having a conversation on LinkedIn about, um, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to be committed to measurement, let's mm-hmm. measure the amount of hours it takes for HR to reduplicate our efforts to do something we t- said should have been done the first time, yeah. the first time, right? And so, mm-hmm. um, so I agree with your friend. I think if if you weren't invited, you show up anyway. Yes. Let them know you've got something to contribute. Correct. However, that takes a lot of courage and strength of power, mm-hmm. and a lot of emotional energy that um, that sometimes just isn't there anymore. Yeah, because we're already burned out, right? We're already stressed yeah. out, burned out, stressed out, all the outs. Yeah, so and that's my that's my living that's my living testimony, and um, I'm a real champion of stress and resilience for mm-hmm. other people, but um, I have not always been a champion for myself, and. You know, I'm realizing, um, you know, having just left Human Rights Watch, that I'm actually no good, um, you know, to others in my service as an HR leader if I'm not being good to myself, right? And so, um, and I, I hope that that people who who listen to this broadcast, I I listen to it every week. Um, Thank you. Is that, you know we have to have honest conversations about um, the realistic expectations we have for HR. And and we have to really start to cement commitments around those things that we need to be Mm -hmm. successful. Like like the support of leadership. Um, You know, speaking, you know, and, and talking in one voice and agreeing on a direction and sticking with it. Yes. Resources, um, you know, honest conversations about capacity. Yeah. If you can't give me a headcount of 15, let me show you what I can do. Um, all these other things that you want requires me to get to 22, right? Yes. So let's have a conversation about how we reprioritize what it is you're expecting for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also the, the safety of just saying it's okay to be okay. Yes. And right. it's okay um, not and, to be okay. <laughs> yeah, and and model it so that others can model it. And and I think that that is what the beauty of teamwork and having a supportive community is about. Is if you're oh, yes. if you can't kill it in this moment, you know, mm-hmm. let let somebody know, and and maybe someone else can step up yes. um, until you're able to 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 reclaim your your greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, we just have to be better to ourselves. And our work will be better in turn. I feel like you just said a whole word <laughs> that is this entire podcast. <laughs> and and the main basis of why I started this podcast. To, you know, have these conversations, mag- magnify amazing HR voices, but to talk about the things that we're not talking about 
that really need to be discussed when it comes to HR. Yeah. And the challenges and the struggles that we are having are real. Every day I talk to HR professionals who either want out or they, they're just looking for their next job, right? And then when you have the conversations, you realize there's so much pain and trauma um, that is tied to the feelings behind get me out of here. Because yes. that's, that's what I want to know. Like, I want to know why are you so ready to leave this profession that you really love? And is that the actual answer? You know, what are the challenges that you're having? My voice isn't heard. My leaders don't respect me. I don't have the necessary resources to do my job effectively. I don't have headcount in my team. I'm a department one managing an organization of 700, 1500. Where's the realistic output to that? What can you realistically do in your HR function when you are managing such a high headcount on your own? The truth is you can't do it all, right? And you will burn out. You will flatline if you don't take the necessary steps to take care of you. So when did you realize, Colin, that you were doing yourself a disservice by not taking care of you? It is easy to fool oneself, mm-hmm. right? But, um, but for me, it was the manifestation of of my work just Mm -hmm. starting to suffer. Right. And, you know, I'm good at what I do and, Mm -hmm. and I feel really blessed for the talents I've been given to be able to do them. And so even at not, even at not being a hundred percent, I, I still, you know, could get more done in a week than many. Right. But, um, but you know, when you're not at your, at your optimal self, right. Performance and, and so, so it was just my own self-recognition of that. Mm-hmm. And then people really close to me, you know, I think recognizing it. And, um, and then I, I went through a, 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 a suffered a traumatic loss um, last mm-hmm. year. And, mm-hmm. um, and I went back to work early because, um, you know, other people were out around the same time. And um, I was in a meeting where, you know, I, we were collecting feedback about a project and someone, you know, asked me, you know, well, what have you been doing all this time? Mm-hmm. You know, and it was actually that moment where I said to myself, well, the answer is not spending enough time with my family. Yeah. And I think the way I felt about um, how much I've, thought I had given and contributed and mm-hmm. and how lightly you know it felt that people had taken those set of circumstances and and their difficulty mm-hmm. it's when I said oh you know you've got to advocate and and support yourself in order for you yeah. to expect other people to give you that same courtesy right mm-hmm. and so I think it started with me um yeah. and then I saw the manifestation of me not being great with the people around me. And then, um, and then that good old, um, what's in it for me mentality. Yeah. Um, at a moment where I could have used a little of the grace that I spent so much time giving to other people. Mm-hmm. Where I said, Oh, 
um, you know, maybe the soil's rich, but um, but there's a different pot for me. Right. Wow. And I think that's okay, right? I don't think yeah. every buy has to be a bad buy. And no. and I think that the trick is um if you've if you've really tried um to advocate change and to bring about whatever it is that you seek and you haven't been able um, to move the needle in certain ways, I think you look at the things that you, you did do. Right. And you recognize that there are some things you couldn't do. Right. Um, and, and you hope that, you know, the person who comes after you goes even further than you did. And, yeah. and you move on to the next thing. I think sometimes that is the very definition of leadership is knowing when to go. Yes. And going before you've done irreparable harm to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yourself and others, but yourself first and foremost. Yeah. I think there's so much power in the words that you just shared with us. I think it's so important for us as HR professionals to have like either a gratitude journal or a journal that's just for work so that we can on the days that things are great and good and we're doing really good things and we're able to succeed in, in um, those rounds, those three rounds that we take, as you said before, um, on the days when things aren't so great, we can look back and go, but yeah, I did do this and I did do that. And what I do does have value and it does have worth. And then also to be able to say, on the days that things didn't go so great and you didn't succeed, at least you tried and you did the best that you could. And that in itself is a good thing. Um, and that you should take pride in at least knowing that you had the courage to say and to try. And I think a lot of times when we fail as HR people, we feel like it's the worst thing ever. And it's almost like the end of the world, but it's not. The fact that you tried, the fact that you went to bat, the fact that you opened your mouth, the fact that you presented something, even though it was rejected, is better than you saying, well, I figured they weren't going to take my word seriously anyway, so I did nothing. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like that's worse. Yeah. You know? You know, um, so two things. So I, you know, I think that we are programmed and positioned to take quiet pride and all of the spaces yes. we and all of the places we're asked to show up, all of the things that we do that nobody knows about. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's cool, right? I think I think that in itself shows that you know a lot of HR professionals are in are in it for the work. They're not in it for the praise of the glory right. because the glory don't come. The criticism right. comes and you know, and sometimes the praise comes if you're lucky, but you don't always get a thank you. No. The um, the reason, you know, my leaving HRW felt better for me, right? Because mm-hmm. part of me felt like, oh, there's so much more I wanted to do. Um, part of me realized it was just time to do something else. Yeah. But the whole of me, the whole of me said, stop focusing on the end line, but look at where things were when you started 
Yes. And look at where things are now. Now. And take some time to celebrate all of those successes, all of those difficult experiences that you thought were going to to impede your ability to move forward and you move forward anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, You should see some of the emails and, and text messages and LinkedIn messages, you know, I've gotten from colleagues. So just knowing that in that time, while I may not have wanted to, to, while I may not have gotten to everything I wanted to, I helped somebody. Yes. It is, um, it's important, I think, to to be nice and kind um, and to celebrate ourselves um, in the midst of being nice and kind and celebrating others. Yes. Um, And then the other thing is organizations need to do a better job Mm -hmm. of making sure that the way we celebrate new sales targets and yeah. and new accounts and and customer service awards and other sort of revenue driving or 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 principal um you know or critical work functions we need to do that for hr too yes um for yes. the number of 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 wrecks that recruiters are are filling mm-hmm. with no or capacity for mm-hmm. um, you know the amount of work it takes to to renegotiate a, a benefit, yeah. Um, yeah. You know uh, renewals. We need to amplify um, the work because the work is is challenging. Yes, and it hurts our feelings. Um, folks listening out there, so- if you're not in HR, it's very hurtful to see the elevation, the seamless elevation of other parts of the organization and then ask HR to process it. Yes. And HR is not seeing that kind of mobility. No. So please do better by us. Give us our flowers because we deserve them too. Yeah. And I, I remember having a manager who would always say to me, you know, Julie, HR is a very thankless profession. I think when you, once you get that in your head, then you, you don't expect thanks. So when you do get it, it's almost like, wow. But we should never get used to people not saying thank you to us. I, I think we extend services. And the same way that, you know, the rest of the business that is front-facing extends services to customers and customers show their gratitude for the service they've received, the yes. same way and process or thought should be put towards when HR is supporting you to say thank yeah. you, you know? And I don't, I think because we have it in our heads that it's a thankless profession, we just accept that when people don't say thank you, it's okay, but it's not because the work, like as you said that we do, is hard. It's yeah. heavy, it's arduous. It takes a long time sometimes to move the needle forward on certain things. I've, you know, I could think of experiences of like working on promotions and sometimes you're going back and forth on a situation to fight mm. for an employee in a specific way. Or you're looking, going through a recruitment process and you're fighting for either an additional benefit, a bonus, a salary increase. And 
when you finally succeed and that person gets the offer, how happy they are, but they don't know the work that happened behind the scenes that you were doing to make okay. sure that 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 offer went through, right? And I feel that all of these things are, and more, because there's so many other ways that we are never thanked. We should not get used to people not saying thank you or showing appreciation for the work we do. Yeah. And I think, and to that point, you know, HR leaders probably, me included, need to do a better job of putting out there, um, you know, a, a reminder of, you know, all of the, all of the ways we're covering you, all of the ways that we're supporting you. Um, because um, the work is hard and we, we, from time to time, we need a little love too. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Because yeah. HR people are people too. Come on I'm now. <laughs> we are not AI. <laughs> That's for sure. And, th- and thank God for that. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> I feel like we could talk all day. But let me so, ask you this. Yes. What do you do for yourself in terms of self-care? How do you take care of you now, knowing all the things that you know and all the things you've gone through? How are you consciously taking care of yourself? I'm not an expert on this. This is the one question that I'm answering as a person um, currently in conflict about self-care, right? I'm someone who needed to take leave to take care of myself because I didn't do it adequately um, all along, right? But I preached about stress and resilience. Um, I, I took time off to look at my life and make changes that I needed to make that, um, that were barriers to my growth and right. my happiness and fulfillment. And I did something my coach taught me, which is do it, defer it, delegate it, delete it. Yeah. And instead of saying yes to everything and and make and overly committing myself, mm-hmm. I've been doing that process both in my personal life and professional mm-hmm. life so that I'm carving out meaningful time for rest um, for for Vanderpump Rules and the Real Housewives of Atlanta, mm. um, and and to spend time with my godchildren. Um, I'm going to be 42 um, in July, and I've decided that I want to do great work, but I don't want work to be my life. Right. And so, um, so do it, delegate it, defer it, delete it. Mm-hmm. Um, has been my way of managing myself and my time. Yes. And I have to tell you, I have never felt better. Nice. I love that. Do it, defer it, delegate it, or delete Delete it. it. That's right. Let's take that away. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. What are you reading, watching, listening to right now that you think our audience would appreciate? And it doesn't have to be HR related, um, but just something that you think they would appreciate. Um, so I am doing a lot of culture and change work. Um, I've just started my own, um, consultancy, um, around, around employee engagement and, and culture and change work. Um, there is a book, um, by 
Mike Green and Esther Cameron call making sense of change management, Mm -hmm. which is a really fresh way of looking at not the, the mechanics, right? of and the logistical operations of change mm-hmm. but the culture of change right okay. and creating mm-hmm. the foundation um that and and the space and the mindsets to, mm-hmm. to think about um change in a positive way not as a yeah. referendum on leadership um or as as something uh, you know that's that is a disrespectful or disavowing of mm-hmm of the past, but just an opportunity to look at things differently. And I, I highly recommend it, making sense of change. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. The most important question here, the big question, Uh what is the biggest misconception about HR that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on right here, right now? Um, so there could be a million. So I'm glad this isn't a top million list, but you know, one of the hardest things for me is when people make assumptions about things that HR did or didn't do that they don't have any factual basis mm-hmm. to make assumptions on. Um, you know, I went to HR with a complaint, but they didn't specifically tell me how to handle, you know, that discipline. Um, and as if that person would be okay with me publicly talking about how I disciplined them in another matter. Yeah. Um, it's the, it's the personalization of a divergent set of of views. Like Mm -hmm. we could disagree without me being a bad person or not caring or being, um, in lockstep with management or all the other things. I, um, I wish we'd have conversations and stop making assumptions about people's character. Um, and I also wish... Um, we would respect HR's expertise the way that people expect HR to respect theirs. Theirs. Amen. You know, I say it like I mean it. Yes. You said a whole word there, Colin, and I absolutely agree with you. I think a lot of times we're misunderstood because of that very same reason that people don't take the time to appreciate what goes into what we do. Um, and I also think that they always expect us to give them the answer instead of us yeah, of through something yeah, or yeah. using it as a teachable moment or a coachable moment. Um, and then the frustration and the acts that come with that, it's like, ugh, you know, HR is useless. Um, when nothing could be further from the truth, when you could just take in the time to really think about what the object lesson was, you'd have been better off. Yeah. I mean, we're not perfect and we make mistakes. I always yeah. raise my hand and and say or acknowledge when um, when something hasn't gone right. And then I I, 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 I say what we're going to do and, and how we're going to fix it. And we do. Exactly. Um, but everybody makes mistakes, right? And everybody. so the same grace you want from others, you should give yourself. Yes. And I'll leave Absolutely. it there. And that's the perfect way for us to end this episode today. I want to thank you so much, Colin, for taking the time to join me and have this conversation. You are welcome back anytime. It's a um, pleasure to have been asked. I, I, I am a avid follower of the broadcast. So when I got the invitation, I was truly humbled. Oh, and keep, thank you. 
Thank you very much. I will do my best. Can you tell our beautiful audience listening today where they can find you on social media? Yep. So um, LinkedIn, um, Colin Houston Mincy um, is the best way to reach me. My website is um, should be up actually in a, in a week or so. So um, LinkedIn is the best place for now. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to um, maybe down the line, being able to talk to you about some of some of the work we're doing around employee engagement and culture. Beautiful. I look forward to that. Great. Well, with that being said, we sound off. And I thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. And I wish you all the best. Thank you for joining me for this episode of HR Sound Off. I hope that you found it useful. You can find this and all of the episodes of HR Sound Off on all major podcast platforms. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, you name it, we're there. Remember, HR Sound Off is created by HR professionals for HR professionals. If you would like to share your story, then reach out to us and let us know. Make sure to hit the notification bell and subscribe to HR Sound Off on YouTube as well as Podbean. And we'll see you again when we next sound off.